When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, John McFarlane. As usual, I'm joined by Scott McDermott, the Chief Sports Writer of the Sunday Mail and PA's Mr. Andy Newport. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi, Johnny. How are you? Good, good. good. Right, we're going to touch on uh, Rangers versus Aberdeen and then we've got a few questions from fans. Uh, we'll start off right away with this game on sa- uh, Sunday, lads. It wasn't on Saturday. Um, it was a... Uh, a, a good performance by Rangers uh, for large portions of the match, but then towards the last 20 minutes, perhaps a, a slightly more difficult game emerged than one you would expect, given Aberdeen were down to 10 men. Scott, what did you make of the overall performance for, from Rangers? Because going to Pataudry is always a difficult one, so a 2-1 yeah. victory, I suppose, at the end of the day is going to be something that Stephen Gerrard would welcome. I thought overall uh, it was a really good performance, Johnny. I mean, I agree with Stephen Gerrard's assessment afterwards that when it went to 2-0, they did kind of take the foot off the gas. I think he described it as trying to play walking football, and it was a bit like that. Uh, and obviously that was the wrong decision, because no, in, in any game when you when you do that, you slow down a wee bit, you're, you're, inviting, the, you're inviting the other team into it. So I thought he got that spot on. But listen, for the majority of the game, aside for the goal they lost, which was a, a lapse in concentration defensively, arguably... Arguably the worst goal they've conceded this season from a defensive point of view. Um, apart from that, I thought it was excellent, especially first half. Obviously, I know Aberdeen started reasonably well as well the first kind of five, ten minutes, but I thought Rangers quickly got a grip of the game. I thought the week off that they'd had, you could see, had helped them. I thought they looked fresh, had a bit more zip about them. Uh, guys like Kent in particular you know, really, you know, looked really... Uh, no, kind of really fresh, especially the first, as I say, first 20 minutes or so. And obviously, Morelos, I thought it was going to be another one of those days for Morelos after the early chance. I think I texted you, Johnny. I couldn't believe how Yeah, I was going to say, those texts were, were screenshotted. Yeah, I couldn't believe how poor his, his finish was. And I thought, here we go again uh, with Morelos. But listen, credit where it's due. He looked really sharp again. Um, took his two goals brilliantly. And as you say, games at Pataudry, always difficult. It's really when you need somebody to kind of step up to the step up to the plate, especially with Kmar Roof out. And as I say, credit to Morelos. He's not done it in a while for me, but he certainly certainly did it on Sunday. Yeah, he always seems to look right up for it against Aberdeen, doesn't he, Andy? It's it's like that fixture itself just sparks him to life. Yeah, I mean it's it's quite funny as you know, bad as everyone talks about his old firm record, his, his record against Aberdeen is is pretty impressive, especially up at Petodre. Um I, I sort of agree with, with Scott. I mean when he, he sort of scuffs that, that chance was in the first thirty seconds, I was like, Oh, here we go, is this gonna be another one of these these games? But you could tell actually in the sort of minutes after his his link up play was pretty good. He got himself sort of involved, he was 
he was holding the ball up well and laying it off and you could just see that I think Stephen Gerrard was right it looked like he was in the mood um, yeah that chance maybe just fell to him a wee bit too early I don't know if he was expecting Ash Taylor to sort of let the ball sail over his head but you know the finish the turn and the finish for the first goal was just exceptional yeah. it was it was like it was like the Morelos of last season that the way the way he took his confidence back I think obviously he gets the goal against St Mirren a couple of weeks ago and Obviously, he doesn't score against Celtic, but I don't think he can think back. I don't think he had too, too many real sort of chances against Celtic, so can't really be blamed for, for throwing another blank in that game. But um, I, th- I think that goal against St Mirren a couple of weeks back has done him the world of good. Jo- Johnny, I- I've been critical of Morelos, as you well know, uh, largely about his, his link-up play. But again, credit to him, I thought I thought the link-up play was, was a lot better. His touch was a lot better on Sunday. He played other people in. He did the simple thing as opposed to trying, you no know, long passes or anything like that. I thought, you no, know, he's uh, he was really vital to the team in terms of how they how they function. But in saying all that, again, I agree with Gerard and actually text us to somebody during the game. The big difference for me was he was keeping himself between the posts when Rangers got into attacking positions. He was getting himself into dangerous areas inside the box, and that's how he get his chances. And it's credit, obviously, to the guys that are supplying him, because I think that has maybe been part of the problem with Elos. He's not had many, no real chances like that between the between the posts. But he was getting them on Sunday, and he just looked so much more of a threat. Um, and Gerard touched on it after the game. At times in the last few months, I've felt he's drifting away into areas where you just don't want Morelos. And that's part of the reason why it's looked as if his link-up plays no great. He's going out wide or he's dropping too deep. Areas where you just don't want him. You want a guy like Morelos inside the box, between the width of the posts, and supplying him with chances. And Rangers did that on Sunday and, and get the rewards. Andy, I saw a lot of tactical boffins talking about um, the way Aberdeen shape up against Rangers, which is they go man for man, and how Rangers have looked to exploit that over the last few games. And one of the ways that they do that is they have Morelos come really deep, which pulls whichever centre-half that's that's marking him out of the game. But as Scott says, he, he also he got himself right pushed up at times and, and into the box. Is that something you noticed in terms of the way Rangers are trying to create space in behind Aberdeen? We saw that, I think, in the first game of the season when Ryan Kent gets put through. And to an extent, I think we saw it again in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think it was quite interesting, especially the first 15 minutes, because Aberdeen came out sort of held for leather, pressing Rangers really high. And Rangers were forced to go long an awful lot. Um, it didn't quite work, but I think they realised that if they just sort of stuck to their usual game plan of, of passing through that midfield, then they could get joy. I mean, you know, I think Aberdeen missed having likes of Ross McCrory there, obviously banned, uh, barred from playing against his parent club. But, you know, usually it's quite a tough midfield battle against, uh, you know, that Aberdeen team with likes of Lewis Ferguson. But after 15 minutes, Rangers just really sort of grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and, 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 and weren't afraid to sort of get the ball down and pass it. Um, I think that's what took... Uh, the Aberdeen sort of, you know, full-on press out, out of it because, you know, it was, uh, one touch, the sort of one-touch stuff that the Rangers are capable of, just just was such of high quality that it just took Aberdeen uh, and that sort of, you know, all-out sort of uh, man-marking job out of the equation. Yeah, listen, one of the big uh, talking points, Scott, in this game, there's no beating around the bush and we just have to go straight to it, the red cards. Uh, for me... 
it's a certain red card once you see the rules. When yeah. you're watching it in real time, you say to yourself, oh, has he really actually meant that? That's a bit harsh. I mean, it's certainly a penalty, obviously. But to, to send someone off for that, and obviously it ruined the game as a spectacle as well, not not from Rangers fans' point of view, but from a neutral point of view. But but once you see those rules, as Derek McKenna said, it's unquestionably a penalty, isn't it? Of course it is. Off, sorry. Yeah, yeah. listen, it's a... I thought it was a penalty and a red card all day long, even on first uh, first viewing, because you realise right away Hedges has made no attempt, and obviously the, the way the rules are now, if you don't make an attempt, then you go off. And it's okay saying, listen, I do have a bit of sympathy, because obviously you're looking at it and you're thinking he's not really meant it, but you can say that, but that then opens it up to if you're the guy running back, like Hedges was, you no, know, if you're clever, you can... Well, you could kind of pretend to be getting out of the way, knowing that you're going to clip them in the hope that it might just get you a, get you a yellow card. So, listen, the, the rules are there in, in black and white. And as I say, I, I don't think it had to be viewed that many times. My initial reaction watching the game was, it's a, it's a definite penalty and he's going to, he's going to get sent off for this. So, I, I, I don't really see any complaints. I think football's lawmakers get so much stick over time about grey areas and when it comes to the rules I mean I think this is one of the ones where it's, it's pretty much black and white it's a stick on if you don't make a challenge if you don't attempt to win the ball when you make a challenge you bring somebody down it's a penalty and a red card I mean yeah. I, I don't see I just don't see where the debate is at the end of the day that, that's the law and I think it was the right decision by, by John Beaton yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay, but the other the other decision that, that's caused a bit of controversy was the tackle by Curtis Main on Borna Barisic. Now, Scott, I've been on this podcast with you for two and a half years and I know that you enjoy the more robust aspects of <laughs> Scottish football and often defend them, but perhaps this one was a, was a case too far or surprised me and say no? Yeah, no, I think it probably was. Um, I mean, I admit, Again, with this one, in first viewing, I thought it's a it's a yellow card and no more. But it's when you see it again, slowed down, no, you see the intent for Curtis Main. It's no, he's got no other. I don't see what else he can be doing other than getting in and trying to no trying to do Barisic basically and trying trying to catch him. I know people have said over the weekend there's not a lot of contact there, and but I mean I thought listen. The, the days where you're looking at instance and saying, oh, there's not a lot of contact, I mean, they're gone. I mean, you watch the English Premier League, I mean, the stuff that people are getting sent off for down there when there's virtually no contact, I mean, that's just the way the game is now. You can't well, you can't even put in good tackles now, never mind reckless ones like the one, uh, the one main uh, has on Barisic. So, no, I, yeah, we should, I, we should kill that stone dead, Scott, because contact is completely irrelevant by the letter of the law. Exactly. Um, it's the it's the intent, it's the nature of the challenge, it's the it's the height he goes in at. Um, so again, first time, yeah, I thought oh, it'll be a it'll be a yellow card. There's no much in that when it gets slowed down, and you see how high it is, you see the intent. And it was, it was right up at Barisic's knee. I think it was a dangerous tackle, and as much as Aberdeen have obviously said, no, it was only a yellow. The ref got it right. I think the fact Derek McInnes took Main off when it didn't look as if he was going to take a striker off initially when they when they went a man down it looked as if they were going to see it out to half time they'd kind of rejigged it to go three four two and they were looking to see it out to half time and then they might have changed it the fact he got that yellow card for that challenge and then was almost immediately substituted a couple of minutes before half time that that tells me that Derek McInnes knew 
one more uh, indiscretion for me, and then he was going to be he was going to be off. The challenge took place right in front of me where I was sitting at Patoji, and the speed that Main comes in at is is the most um, yeah you know, decisive factor for me why for why it should have been a red card. He was utterly out of control. Yeah. In that instance, and it is only with the good grace that uh, of, of God, if you want to call it that, that Barisic gets himself out of the way because otherwise it's a leg breaker. It was a shocking yeah. challenge. I thought it was dangerous. I thought he should have went. Uh, I'm I'm not sure had you know it's maybe one of these funny ones, but I, I think if, if Beaton hadn't I've just sent off somebody a few minutes before, yeah, he, might, he might have gone. Um, I, I, you know I can't get inside uh, John Beaton's head for, in that in that case, but. I just thought it was a shocking challenge. I think I think Curtis Mayer's a very lucky boy. He's still been in the park, and you know I know Derek McKellis came out and tried to play it down afterwards, but I, I couldn't agree with him in that sense. I thought it was a, a, a terrible a terrible challenge, and he should have been sent off for it. Here's the, here's the IFAB rules: serious foul play. It's a tackle or challenge that endangers the safety of an opponent or uses excessive force or brutality, um, and that must be sanctioned as serious foul play if that occurs. Any player who lunges at an opponent in challenging for the ball from the front, from the side, or from behind, using one or both legs with excessive force or endangers the safety of an opponent is guilty of serious foul play. To me, that's that's cut and dried. That last yeah. sentence. If, if you watch the replay, there's a moment where it's a straight leg studs up challenge. It's a shocker. It's an absolute shocking challenge, and he should have been sent off for it. You love yeah. the IFAB rules, Johnny, don't you? you know, I do love to trot them out. No, the he's, thing not even, is... he's not even out in front of you, man. He just knows that. <laughs> <laughs> no, to, to me, I find it quite frustrating, Scott, because I think sometimes we're, we're quite happy here in Scotland to give referees pelters. And listen, I, I do it myself. I love it. Um, but I sometimes think we're a wee bit unfair because we don't necessarily have the same grasp of rules that we should in terms of how they've changed over the years. Yeah. You know, the, the, the one that, that frustrates me is when you see a player run to the referee in the first few minutes and after a horrific challenge and sort of tries to say, well, it's my first challenge, right? I know, I know. And you're like, well, that, that's, not, that's not in the rules and, and it's ridiculous <laughs> that that should be even contemplated. Um, but I like to go back to the IFAB rules, mate, because I, I do think that the, uh, there's a, a, an encumbrance on us to, to, you know, at least be working with the actual facts of a situation and and for me these two are, are very clear when you have the the rules in front of you um anyway let's move on to some questions because we've we've you know the Aberdeen game uh, we've touched on it now um and I want to get into some of the red meat surrounding Rangers at the moment uh, I've got a, re- a really good question here from Scott Cameron I'm going to put it to you Andy he's asking do you expect Al McGregor to keep playing beyond the summer or will he bow out on a high I thought it was quite interesting what Stephen Gerrard said when he was asked about a contract extension for McGregor when he was talking about, you know, it'll be in conjunction with the player, it'll be depending on what he wants to do personally, which I, I don't know, just just made me wonder if if, if maybe Alan McGregor would fancy yeah. a challenge or something like that. Yeah, well, that was me, it was me that asked that question to, to Stephen Gerrard last week, uh, and that stood out to me as well. I, I, I kind of took it as saying that I think Al McGregor will make a decision based on how this season ends. Obviously, it looks very mm. much like it, they'll, they'll end with a, a league title. Another league title, I wonder if he would just think this is maybe a good chance to, to sort of, as you say, bow it in a high. But then again, I think there's, as, as I said last week, you've got the potential lure of a Champions League campaign next year as well. So, um, 
I, what I would say is I don't think there's any question that Al McGregor could could play another year given how well he's playing at this this stage. Obviously, we know goalkeepers can can go uh, can go a bit longer and they're towards their forties. He's going to be thirty eight, I think, at the end of the month. Uh, so. I don't think there's any doubt that he's he's good enough to to and still you know fit enough uh, to carry on for another at least another season. Um, Rangers are well placed in the sense that they've got John McLaughlin there. If, if he does decide to retire, and Robbie McCrory's um, still sort of, I think he's, he's falling out of the picture a wee bit at Livingston, but I think Rangers still get sort of pretty high hopes for him. But I, I think it would be certainly Rangers preference that if they could squeeze another 12 months months out of Alan McGregor that, that would be what, what what happens What about you Scott? I tend to agree with Andy Johnny, I mean I, I know what you're saying, it was a wee bit kind of curious obviously Gerard's saying it'll be up to the player and we'll, we'll talk about it but I mean I think Andy's right, that, that I think that's just biding our time until we see what happens come the end of the season um, depending on how successful Rangers are, I mean Again, I don't know. About, I don't know Alan McGregor. I don't know what he's what he's thinking. But certainly, any interviews I have seen, certainly his forum on the pitch would suggest he's he's not ready to retire j- just yet. I mean, he looks as if he's got another year at least left in him in, in, in current form. Um, MD, you speak to. I know, obviously, when McGregor was younger. There was a lot of talk about now he was a bit of a lad and stuff like that. But I mean, MD, you speak to that's played with him. No, or worked with him, tell you that he's an unbelievable trainer, no, ultra professional, um, no, kind of behind closed doors. So, again, I, I don't see any reason why uh, Rangers wouldn't want to get at least another another year out of him. And, and listen, I know he had a wee issue with his knee at the start of the season. People may be questioning whether that was going to be a long-term problem. Uh, we don't know the details of that. But if he did need to be... No, say he did stay on next season, but he maybe had to be left out of certain games, no matter League Cup, Scottish Cup, whatever. The fact you've got McLaughlin there, an experienced guy that can step in, I mean, it's the perfect scenario for Rangers. So, I mean, it's it's early days at the moment to try and try and predict it, but I would suggest if they win the league, Gerard would be determined to try and get him for another year. And certainly the way McGregor's going, he looks as if he's, he's well capable of that. I think as well. I think the thing with John McLaughlin being there is that they can pick and choose his games, and obviously yeah, exactly. they've done that. They've done that this season, so they can keep him. You know, obviously, you know, we know playing goals isn't the most you know uh, exhaustive sort of position you have to play, but they can sort of dip him in and out if if he needs a break. And I think that's been something that's been allowed him to be at his best for the big occasions this season. Andy, we touched on the Curtis Main Challenge, and one of the, the funniest videos I think that emerged over the last few days was uh, one in which you could hear Alan McGregor's X-rated reaction to the challenge. And uh, you've obviously been at all these games featuring Rangers for PA. So, so um, you you were telling me earlier that, that that's actually a, a recurring uh, theme in Rangers matches. It's been the highlight of the season for me, listening to Alan McGregor have... <laughs> apoplectic referees week after week I mean there's not a week gone by where he hasn't motioned to the ref there's, there's been a stamp at some point he, he goes you know I think was it the quotes for Gattuso last week saying that um, referee, referees in Scotland get sworn at on a sort of minute by minute basis well that's certainly <laughs> the case for Alan McGregor I mean he just explodes at the referees every second minute claiming there's been elbows there's been stamps it's, it's, it's quite funny to be honest <laughs> I quite like that, Johnny. Oh, that's, that's, that's old school. It's, and it's the way we were brought up. And 
No, it's it shows that he's a winner. No, he'll do anything, anything it takes to win. Uh, it shows you that he's in that zone. As I say, listen, I know shouting and swearing at the referee. No, maybe he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be doing it uh, by the kind of your IFAB laws of the game. But listen, it's. Uh, I think it's part and parcel of it, and I, I do. I, I love to see guys just with that, that kind of mentality, uh, just willing to do anything uh, to get get their team over over the line. And McGregor's definitely like that. What I was really impressed by was the, the fact that he had a complete grasp of the rules. So he he was saying, I think, to to the, to the referee with the Curtis main challenge. You know, are you really telling me that that isn't endangering the opponent? So you know, for me as a rules geek, I was well done, Alan. You, you understand the <laughs> details. Oh, bro! So he's went for being a jack of lads when he was younger, going out every weekend. To now he's sitting in every weekend reading the iFab rules. That's, That's old age for you. Yes. <laughs> Nothing better to do. That's what lockdown does to you. Um, got another one here from Joe Water Anderson. Uh, he's asking, how potent will an inform Morelos and Ruth be together, Scott? Well, listen, just Morelos on his own, if they can get him back to the forum, that he should, I mean, many times have we spoken about it, the forum that he showed last season, in those, you know, the first half of the season, the Europa League group stages, where he was absolutely on fire. I mean, if for some reason... No, a switch has just been turned now in Morelos from now until May is going to produce that kind of form, no, the kind of form that he showed on Sunday, then, I mean, Rangers and Gerrard will be absolutely delighted. I mean, what a, what a turnaround that would be, because, as I've said, I mean, I know Rangers fans try to stick up for him all the time, no matter what his form's in, but I think he's been he's been poor for a while now. Um, I don't think his performances have been up to scratch at all. I think as a result of that, no, his value, sadly for Rangers, his value's probably decreased in that time as well in terms of if they're looking to move him on. But listen, if he can get back to that, anything close to that kind of forum between now and the end of the season, I mean, not only will Rangers go and romp, the, romp to the title, they'll then have a player again on their hands in the summer. Um, we've spoke before on here about moving assets on and how Rangers need to sell. Morelos would be putting himself in that top category again if he if he produces more performances like he did on Sunday and listen I think we know now what Ruth can do Ruth's going to be a, a cracking player for Rangers in the next couple of years I know he's injured again at the moment but he's shown enough um, to tell you that he's going to be a he's going to be a big player for them whether the two of them actually work in tandem together as a as a pair I'm no, no so sure but certainly with Morelos if they can get him back to any kind of forum um, then it's it's perfect timing for Gerard and the as we approach the kind of run into the to the the title race. Andy, are you tantalised by the prospect of those two building up a, a partnership? I think there were signs. There's been signs of it at points over the last sort of four or five months, but again, it's sort of been limited just by the fact that Morelos hasn't been sort of firing all cylinders. Um, you know, I mean. There's definitely been moments where he, he should have contributed more this season. You know, I think that that's beyond debate. I mean, he, he's had chances, he's had moments where he could have scored goals, scored big goals, and, and he hasn't taken them. Um, if you can get him back, I mean, that's I mean, it's been the one sort of missing ingredient from Rangers this season is having a yeah. You know, I mean, as much as Ruth has done well, sort of coming off that sort of right hand side, and the odd occasion he's played through the middle, but 
one thing Rangers haven't had this season is somebody being prolific from you know the number nine position. Yeah. If they get that, then that that is really ominous for the rest of the league. Um, if they can get you know Morelos or you know contributing another sort of 10, 15 goals before the end of the season. So, Johnny, um, you, Andy, you're, you're going into that game on Sunday. I'm sure Rangers fans went into that game on Sunday thinking, no, offensively. That there's been a wee bit of a dip, and that was maybe yeah. the that was maybe the worry. I mean, defensively they've been rock solid, but Kent and Morelos haven't been at it for for a few weeks, and I was actually that, that was the difference. It was the two guys I mean. who have been out of form who who stepped up and and, and contributed at a time when when because you, yeah. you know you were you were looking at that and you're thinking it's the same midfield that started yeah. against Celtic. They get overran a wee bit. You know they're missing Jack. Yeah, missing that energy. Arfield gives you. You're missing the cleverness of a roof movement in between the lines and you're thinking this this could be a banana skin I think yeah. a lot of people were saying that they thought this would actually the Sunday's game would be would be trickier yeah. than the old Trump game Johnny but did Johnny it, not say that yeah, Johnny thought it was going to be a draw well, <laughs> well yeah well there you go <laughs> <laughs> no listen, did I, I, I was, did I not I predict 2-1 I was, think was, I predicted 2-1 oh is that, was that <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> listen I went into I was going into that game I'll hold my hands up. I thought Gerard might actually mix it up a wee bit and use Itten or Defoe or just to freshen yeah. up the, the forward areas. But they've obviously had that week off where they could work on things in training, as I say. And Kent and Morelos, whatever they did, they looked so much sharper, so much fresher. Um, so fair play. I mean, he stuck with them. Itten and Defoe didn't even, didn't even go off the bench, obviously. So he showed a bit of faith in them and they, they repaid it because I, I agree. I think a lot of people went into that thinking... We might no Rangers might need to take a point for this because they're not really firing on all cylinders. Performance wasn't great against Celtic, but defensively, no, we'll keep it tight. So no, we'll definitely get at least a at least a draw. The difference was the real Kent and Morelos turned up on the day for me, and that was that was why they won the game. I mean, this this festive period into the new year, it, like from basically Boxing Day and the January fixture was going to be such a, a testing demanding run for in yeah so far i mean they've absolutely you know coped it so well and you know they've got you know they go to fur park uh next uh sunday i think it is sunday yep. ross county at home. yeah ross county at home then easter road if they survive that run and are still you know well i mean people many people say the league's already over as it is but yeah. i mean you could be but you know rangers can start looking i think that's the point if you if you get to end of january and, and they've not lost their game you really need to start thinking, right? Is is this going undefeated? Is this a real possibility? Because yeah. you're, you're you're chalking off hurdles and they're just crossing them time yep. and time again. I'll tell you one thing, guys. If uh, if Celtic drop any more points, Rangers can win the league in March at Parkhead. Wow. <laughs> so I mean, obviously Rangers would need to continue winning. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, that that would be something, wouldn't it, uh, to stop ten in a row? At Celtic Park. Um, well, Celtic are only going to Celtic are only going to get easy these next two games, Johnny. Given the circumstances, Livingston, Livingston yeah. absolutely flying. I um, mean, I was at Celtic Livingston at Parkhead earlier in the season. Livingston gave them a really good game. Uh, unlucky to lose three two. No, they're in even better for them now uh, under David Martindale, obviously. So. And the big thing is, I was at, I was at Celtic Park last night and. You know, you look at their bench right now with these 13 first-team yeah. players being out. I mean, they're bringing on 
kids. Yeah. You know, Tom Rogic. Tom Rogic is still going off after an hour, which yeah. you know raises my eyebrows. You know, you want your senior players going off after sixty minutes, but they, you know, they don't they don't have much there uh, ah. in terms of you know experience and guys who have got that you know that record to dig in order to dig out a hole. So if they go, you know, especially the next Wednesday's game, um, yeah, if they go there and they allow Levy to do what they do, then it could be a, it could be another sort of yeah. upset. It's, I mean, have, I'm right in saying they'll have the they'll have the majority of the players back for the midweek game, the away game. Gavin Stratton wasn't utterly clear on that last night, I believe. So I don't know if maybe you've got more information than me. I, but but it, I just try to do the, the kind of ten days from coming home. You no, know, the, the players I, I reckon should be able to start out and training again by. By, by the Tuesday, by, by certainly Monday, Tuesday. So, but even then, that, that was my point. I mean, so you get all the players back, and they've literally got 24 hours to yeah. prepare. After 10 days in the house, they've got 24 hours to prepare for a game away at Livy on a Wednesday night. I mean, just yeah. the, the most horrible place to go on a winter Wednesday night. So, I mean, my point is to Johnny that the next couple of games, conceivably Celtic could drop more points. Um, and as Andy said earlier, if Rangers can get out of January, tick these games off, Motherwell, Ross County and Hibs away, then I mean you could start putting the start putting the ribbons on the, the trophy, I think. I mean that that will be it. That will be it well and truly done and dusted. There's, there's, your audio grab, there's your audio grab for Twitter, Johnny. <laughs> um, uh, that's not quite uh, damning enough. I need to get one more damning on Scott so he gets some real bother on Twitter. That's, that's what I'm always looking for. I try to avoid anything that I say that's silly, obviously. Um, th- those, those bits are always edited out before the podcast even goes out, although some people might disagree. Um, listen, we need to get to transfers because we know um, that's such a big and important aspect for people listening, um, we've got a question here from uh, Danny Kingham. He's saying, with such a big gap between Rangers and Celtic, do you think the Ibrox men might be tempted to sell one asset in January in order to get funds in, obviously relating to um, the, the recent accounts? Do you think they, or do you think they will hold firm until the summer? But I mean, Scott, the, 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 when Stephen Gerrard spoke last and was asked on this, I think at the broadcast PA that and, uh, presser that Andy was attending. Yeah. He was absolutely adamant no one's yeah. going out the door. So I think you have to go with that, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I've spoke to Stephen Gerrard myself about, about this in terms of uh, a press conference that we did. And he was adamant, absolutely adamant, no no big stars will go out in, in January, no big players will go out in January. So I think that'll be the case. They'll do nothing until the end of the season. Only guys that will go... In January, are guys, you no know, fringe players that they can maybe get out and loan, go off the wage bill that might enable them to get somebody in and just strengthen, you no, know, just get it up that couple of percent, you no, know, just for the for the running. And I think obviously they've been linked with Scott Wright now at Aberdeen. Uh, a potential deal could be done with him out of contract at the end of the season. Um, and I don't think Scott Wright. No, is ready to go into the Rangers first team and challenge Hadji, Roof, Kent, Aribo or whatever. But if you're saying to me on the bench, is he going to be an upgrade on no Jordan Jones, Brandon Barker, Greg Stewart, then I would say that he would be. So it might be things like that where if they can get one or two out and get a kinda a younger, upgraded version in to strengthen the squad, then they might do that just for the just for the running. But in terms of actually going out and signing players in January, I don't know about you, but I don't think they need to do 
that much. Obviously, the two injuries in midfield. Um, no, can I make you ask the question? Could they maybe go and go and get another midfielder? But you know, with Zungu coming in earlier, it's you know, they have got a lot of a lot of midfielders. Maybe a kind of middle to front guy. You no, know, just to, if there's any doubts about the running and getting over the line. You'd maybe want another kind of creative middle to front guy that could that could help you with that. Obviously, with the two boys injured, um, but apart from that, I don't see them do, doing too much at all in January. On the right, Andy, what do you make of Scott Wright? What what do you make of Scott Wright? Is that is that going to be a good move potentially? I've not seen a lot of him, but the wee bits I saw, obviously on Sunday, um, I thought he was very lively. The, the, the sort of 15, first fifteen minutes when Aberdeen. Had the sort of best of their spell when they, they, they flashed a few balls across the, the face of goal and uh, did get some sort of decent territory. Most of it came down the left hand side with um, with Wright sort of sneaking in and behind Tavernier. So, you know, he's, he's definitely got that sort of pace. Uh, his delivery looks pr- pretty decent. Um, lively player, sort of thing that you imagine that Stephen Gerrard likes. And he's those guys that sort of can drift uh, sort of inside. Uh, Outside into in, um, I, I think just in terms of making the deal, I, I, th- I think Rangers have got some pretty decent leverage in terms of if they wanted to do a deal this season. Obviously, Aberdeen are due to pay a fee in the summer for Ross McCrory. We all know Aberdeen have been pretty vocal about their financial worries just caused by COVID. So perhaps there can be some sort of arrangement that can be done there where uh, the McCrory fee could be reduced if, if Wright was allowed to come now, or even if there's if they wanted to use a you know, likes of Jordan Jones or uh, Greg Stewart, who's been up there before as a mate yeah. to, to, to get it. So, I mean, I think Rangers have got options if they wanted to push through a deal. Uh, you know, given Rangers were pretty, you know, you know, amenable in terms of allowing Ross McCrory to go up there this season, I think they would have preferred them to have gone down south. Um, you know, I, th- I, th- I imagine Aberdeen would be quite, would not be the, the most difficult to, to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to how perhaps the relations between the clubs in, in previous years? Yeah, I think Scott Wright would be an excellent sign for, for Rangers. I've been impressed with him over this season. And, and I think in previous seasons, although he's been in and out of the team and, and been out on loan, he's the kind of player for me that if he goes into a better team, a team that's more suited to his skill set, because he's such a technical player, Yeah, I think he could be a guy that could explode over the next couple of years because he, he has everything in his locker. He's quick. He's got great close control. He's extremely direct. He can take on a man and beat him, as we saw. I mean, he, he I think it was Barisic, wasn't it? He? he stuck the ball through his legs and, and, and got past him in the, the game on uh, the weekend. So so I, I think, and I'm not, I guess, Scott, Scott, listen, I agree with you. He's not going to be a guy that's going to come in and displace one of the two number 10s at the moment and become a first-team regular this season for Rangers. No. But I just think it's a, it's a smart signing for a guy that's got a lot of, scope to grow and working with Bill uh, and Gerrard over the next couple of years could, I, could, could I, make him an excellent player. I think you might be right. I mean, listen, I'm a great believer in, and Andy will know this as well, no, players play better with better players. It's it's as simple as that. I mean, I heard a lot of Rangers fans on social media over the uh, weekend, obviously after the game on Sunday, talking about talking about Scott Wright and Lewis Ferguson, obviously saying our I mean, don't forget this, Lewis Ferguson, I mean, never good enough to play for Rangers. I mean, how can you judge a guy on that game? No, he's already playing for the team that are not as good as the opposition team. They're down to 10 men after half an hour, and yet people are, are writing off guys like Lewis Ferguson and, and even even Scott Wright. These these boys would play better in a better team with better players around them now. 
I'm look at David Turnbull, Scott. Well, listen, exactly. Well, he he's won, but look at Rangers further back. I mean, many, many Rangers fans when they when they went and signed Kurt Broadfoot all those years ago were thinking, well, he'll be a great signing for for St Mirren. But the guy played in the UEFA Cup final for Rangers. There's others. No, but you looked at the Hibs team uh, way back and looked at like, Stephen Whitaker, for instance, and said, oh, well, wait, no, he's he's good enough to come and play for Rangers. I, I don't Glenn think Glenn Kamara, so. Scott. Well, there's another one. So, uh, listen, you need to do your scouting properly. Gerard, if they're, if they're serious about Scott Wright, they'll have done their homework on him. And they'll believe that, as you say, coming into the Rangers training, working with the coaches, working with those players, that he can become better and he can eventually become a a regular first-team player for Rangers. And I, I'm like you, I don't mind them taking a punt on people like that. It's a free transfer. The wages won't be astronomical. If you're moving a couple of guys out, I agree with Andy. It wouldn't surprise me if Jones or Stewart is part of any kind of deal with Aberdeen if they're looking to get right in early um, and listen it, it just might pay off because I, I've watched Scott Wright from as a kid really highly rated coming through Scotland youth ranks and stuff he's had injury problems but you're right technically gifted really good has a turn of pace has a final ball I think it would, it would be it would be even better in a, in a better team and maybe maybe that's what Rangers are looking at you need to look across the history of Scottish football and signings to understand that the vast majority of the best signings made by Rangers probably over the last 50 years have come from other clubs in the Scottish Premiership. You know, you look at, you mentioned a good few names there, Scott. I would go back to players like Neil McCann and people like that. Yeah, at the time, people were questioning these signings. But listen, yeah. these are the bread and butter signings that, that charge you towards titles. People yeah. who know the league who understand the demands, who are often fans themselves, which can be an important thing in terms of other players coming in from foreign clients and making them understand what it means to play for a Rangers or a Celtic. Yeah. We can your uh, opponents as well, which is yeah. another big thing. So Exactly. It's the bedrock. But after that, Jonas, it then can, whether they make it or not, it, you're, you're totally right, but whether they make it or not depends on whether they've got the mentality to play for Rangers that like play for an old firm club if it's if it's Celtic on the same boat that's where you, you know, that's where you find out whether they can whether they can handle it or not you're right going back one that just came to my mind there was somebody like say Alan McLaren for instance Rangers took him for hearts turned out to be a brilliant player for Rangers but he, he went to Rangers and you just knew this guy's got the mentality to play for you no know, to play for a play for a big club now I would say now you look at and I, I no, I hope I'm not being too unkind, but you look at somebody like Jordan Jones, and with, with everything that's happened with Jordan Jones, you do look at him and think, well, good player, but hasn't he really got the mentality to go and play for a for a big club, not to be able to deal with the demands and deal with everything else that goes that goes with it? So you're always taking a gamble, I suppose. And if Scott Wright does go there, that will be the big question mark. I don't think technically there'll be any debate that he could get and play in that Rangers team. It's just whether these guys can go and handle the, the pressure of playing for, a, playing for a big club, a proper big club. The other signing uh, link that was made to uh, the Daily Record was uh, Fashion Sakala, a, a winger from uh, Oostende in Belgium. I don't know, probably not pronounced that. It's probably Oostend. He's, he's a, a Gambian winger. I suppose without delving into the detail on Sakala, because I'm I'm assuming neither of you are, are, are particularly switched on to 
Ustens no, games. Surprising um, or not. <laughs> it does it does point to Rangers looking to strengthen this sort of middle to front area to make sure that they have the quality to break down teams in the final third. Yeah. And this guy, by all accounts, is absolutely lightning uh, and has got a decent record uh, from his time in Belgium. And I suppose, uh, if nothing else, um, Jack Henry will have told them all about Scottish football. Yeah. No, as I say, I, just, I think if there's any area that they'll look at, it probably is middle to front, only because, obviously, the injury to Arfield especially, um, but also just, as I say, that final push you know, to get you over a line in a, in a kind of title rate. I know they're well ahead, but just to get you over the line, just to make sure of it, you would always look to kind of strengthen that that area, as you say, breaking teams down if you're struggling to get a goal. Or just you want as many options as you possibly can. So if they did, uh, if they do offload one or two, like the names I've mentioned, obviously Stuart and uh, Jones, for instance, come into that category, then... That that would be an area I think they might they might look at, but I see I, I wouldn't be surprised if if very little is done in January given given where Rangers are just now and given the forum that they're in. The only thing we touched on this last week, I think the only other area you possibly look at is maybe the fullback area again. Bassey, you know, still very raw. Uh, even more so with Nathan Patterson, you just worry if either Barisic or Tavernier were to pick up a an injury, we, we would that leave Rangers in terms of having experience cover? Maybe that might be something to look at, but you know that's that's probably worst case scenario thinking in, in that sense. The other thing about Sakala is that he's obviously coming to the end of his contract. Uh, John Lundstrom, who's also been linked, coming to the end of his contract. That's not an area that, that Rangers have really used that often, the sort of freedom of contract for players outside of the league. Obviously, Jordan Jones was an example of someone that were able to snap up because he was at the end of his contract previously. But we, we've not seen lots of deals like that. But I suppose that's a smart move in this COVID-affected world where you're not going to be paying out millions of pounds worth of transfer fees, but you're very well, clever, cleverly targeting players that, that will improve the team whose contract they, is expiring. They did it to great effect in the past, Johnny. We think of guys like Boomsong and Hamdani and Purso coming in for on, on free transfers, given the contributions that that they made, uh, certainly with Boomsong, the money they got they got back from when they went to went to Newcastle. But I think you're right, for too long now, probably because the way Rangers have been set up as a club, you no, know, the, the difficulties, the kind of turmoil that they went through, they've not really been in a position uh, to, to scout properly, have that kind of network in place where they were on top of uh, kind of bo- available Bosman signings. Um, but obviously Ross Wilson getting in a lot more clued up. That's obviously a big party's a big party's job. We know how good his kind of network is um, from his time down south. So it's no surprise to me that they're now. No, that's now an area that they're looking at. No, free transfers, young, um, yeah, young players that they can get in coming to the end of their contracts with the hope of in a few years' time making making serious money on it. Listen, we've been over it a million times on here. That has to be the. That has to be the model, um, and if they can get one or two that you no, know, they can strike gold with in a couple of years, then it'll be that that'll be that'll be all part of the plan, I'm sure. Andy, I've got a difficult question, so I'm gonna I've kind of been keeping this one for you. Um, this is <laughs> from Osor on on Twitter. He's asking, and listen, I mean, don't hold back. Just just you know, tell us what you think. Does corned beef go with beans? 
I'm just looking at that tweet this very oh, second. Definitely, you know definitely. Do you know what? I, I hate beans and, and toys. Oh, superb. That was a staple diet in Castle Milk when I was. I was about to say. <laughs> I grew up in Leafy Bears Den. We didn't have to go no, uh, no, 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 no. that route. Uh, no. I don't like corned beef and I hate beans, so I'll leave corn, that to Scotty no. to answer. Corn, corn beef, mashed potato and beans, Johnny. Mix it all up with your fork. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I, I like to get salted beef, which is posh version of, of corned, corned beef um, from a deli. I get it sent up from London. Put it on bagels. <laughs> no beans, no beans. You get a bit of mustard in there, a bit of sauerkraut. Fantastic. Put a melted cheese I, on top. Surely the, surely the big question is a so, soft roll or crispy roll? And there's, only, <laughs> there's only one answer. I don't, even know what, I don't even know what a deli is. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't play for Spurs, Scott. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, we, 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 Scott, we Scott's dietary requirements are well known within his, uh, the uh, daily record building. Exactly. Uh, pie and beans for uh, for breakfast in there some days. So. <laughs> I, I remember Scott being on a, one of these sort of uh, health kicks in a January, and he was pounding himself, absolutely pounding himself. And I was sitting next to him at the time, and uh, and he listen, he was he was he was losing the pounds. He was looking great, and uh, I came in one day, right, and he was the happiest I'd seen him look. Happiest I'd seen him look for for weeks, right? I said, "Be man, you're looking awfully happy. What's wrong?" He says. I have just had a just had a, a fried egg and patty scone and bacon roll and a, and a, <laughs> he was uh, he was he was he was glowing again. So it obviously worked for you. He only had the one. I mean, fair play. He only had the one. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> I but I had about eight things on it. It was a full, full breakfast in a row. Right. Enough of this hilarity. Let's let's get going. We're going to have to call a. Call this podcast at a halt. Um, obviously, um, you can continue the debate if you want to ask us any more daft questions. You can on Twitter. I'm not going to guarantee we'll answer them. But I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane. Scott is at Scott McDermott A. And Andy Newport is at Andy Newport PA. We'll be back next week um, at roughly around the same time to look at um, whatever's been going on in the world of Rangers. If you like the podcast, we know thousands of you do, please go onto iTunes and give us a five-star review as this helps us get the pod to as many listeners as possible. Until next time, thanks for listening. Use your mind, use your mind, let your mind, use your body, let adrenaline